0: Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I am joined here by my co-hosts, Ben Schmidt and Colin Hansel. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping Super Bowl 55. Um, We're also going to have a little This Week in Sports, and we're going to do a little QB carousel at the end. Also, I want to mention, make sure you guys give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our podcast. All right, boys, let's get right into Super Bowl 55. Um, First, how was your guys' weekend? You guys eat well? You guys watch the game well?
1: How was it? How was your weekend? I ate more than well. I ate way too much. That's great to hear.
2: I, I had a great weekend as well. The boys came through, delivered on a on a great spread for the Super Bowl. So more, more than enough food. Um, I probably had more uh, cupcakes and uh, chips than I should have. But that's okay. Mizzou has a rec center, which I could use to work that off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what'd you say?
1: But do you use it?
2: Um, I don't currently, (laughs) but um, you can always make New Year's resolutions in February, so amen to that.
0: I I had a good, I had a good nacho platter and some beat ups, so I had one hell of a Super Bowl myself. Um, but what are you guys' thoughts on the game? Obviously, Brady wins the seventh, he has more Super Bowl rings than. Um, I think any other franchise in the league, he has more Super Bowl rings than 18 combined NFL teams. I mean, this guy is the
2: NFL at this point, he's owning it. If I'm being completely honest, like, and I feel like a lot of people would agree with me on this subject, I was let down by this game, and that's not at all because Tom Brady won. I wouldn't call myself like a Tom Brady hater. I really was was kind of rooting for him, too, just because to see him do this on a new team in year one is just insane to think about. So even though I picked the Chiefs to win, I, it, it wasn't that I didn't want Brady to win either. I was just let down because I thought going in, one of the things I said was this could be a classic, just whoever has the ball last wins the game. I thought it would be back and forth, and it really just wasn't. And I think part of that can be attributed to that – Kansas City's O-line, I don't know if they knew that they were playing on Sunday, but they just weren't there. Todd Bowles called a great defensive game plan. Patrick Mahomes, in my eyes, really did everything he possibly could. There were maybe a couple times where he hung on to the ball just a little bit too long, but he was also running for his life all night long. I think we would all agree that he probably had the back-to-back greatest incompletions of all time. I How he made that fourth down horizontal to the ground parallel to the ground throw I don't know but um Tom Brady while not putting up godly stats was just classic classic Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over found Rob Gronkowski like it was 2014 in New England Gronk with the two touchdowns and it just was it was never close you could tell um this wasn't going to be a classic game where Kansas City just goes on a roll and comes back like they did all last year in the playoffs And have multiple times this year like you could just tell that that wasn't going to be the case. Tampa's defense was too good. And um, yeah, like I said, I just I just was disappointed because I I thought this could be like, 31 28 just whoever had the ball ass would win the game. And uh, I I think it's going to add a lot of fuel to the fire for Kansas City coming back next year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them um, potentially work on the offensive line stuff maybe.
1: We used to say it was the Patriot way. It is the Tom Brady way. Tom Brady in his first season in his career away from the New England Patriots wins, not only takes this Tampa team that was seven and nine to the playoffs, uh, not only wins a playoff game like I predicted he would do, he wins the Super Bowl, uh, beats the Kansas City Chiefs. And I picked Tampa to win this game, not because of Tom Brady, not because of the offense. I picked it because of their defense. Kansas City was without Eric Fisher. They were without Mitchell Schwartz. I knew that defensive line was going to put a lot of pressure on Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. They didn't have to blitz, playing a lot of cover two, and still getting the quarterback nearly every play. Mahomes is getting no time to throw, no time to think, and they put too much pressure on him. They hit him a lot of times. And this defense pretty much won them the game. It was cool to see Gronkowski get a couple touchdowns in the first half. It might be the last time we see Brady and Gronk in the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's great to see. And I wasn't surprised at all at how the, how the first half of this game went. Um, I pretty much expected the Bucks to be going into halftime leading. I expected the Chiefs to... Um, now I have a ton of points because we've seen this multiple times with the Chiefs. Um, even in last year's Super Bowl, where they have single digits or around 10 points around halftime and explode in the second half, which is when they're at their best. And Mahomes and the Chiefs have come back from so many second half deficits, but they were not able to do it this time, obviously. They started off with that long field goal, and I'm like, okay, here they come. But Tampa Bay. His defense just got better as the game went on, and I thought it was awesome. I, I've never seen a more dominant defensive performance in a Super Bowl. I know back when the Seahawks played Peyton Manning um, and they shut them down, but this – I mean, the Patriots with the Rams
0: two years ago when they only scored three points, I'd say that's probably my pick
1: but say this I'll, I'll get into my point in a second. I would say this one because this Chiefs offense is the best offense in football. We know that. Uh, Mahomes, has he ever scored less than 20 points in a, in a game when he starts? I don't think so. And they not only held them under 20, they held them to single digits. So I think with as explosive as this offense is and with Andy Reid, a head coach, I think this was the most dominant defensive performance in Super Bowl history. And they had a lot of garbage time yards. you look at it, the Chiefs have more yards than the Bucs. They got a lot in the fourth quarter when the game was already over. So um, outstanding performance by the Buccaneers. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you just, going into this offseason, you really just try and retain um, as many of your pieces as you can. Because, I mean, everyone's saying, oh, they got to rebuild the offensive line. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they just need to get healthy. And I do expect this Chiefs team to be back in a similar position next year. I think for a little while we've
0: wondered, uh, basically since we realized early on in Patrick Mahomes' career how great of an armed talent he is, especially at the quarterback level, um, what it would look like in the Chiefs' offense if Pat Mahomes didn't have any weapons. Obviously, we know Tyreek Hill is one of the better receivers in the league, mostly because of his speed. And then Travis Kelsey is not only the best tight end in the league, he has a chance to be one of the best tight ends ever. Um, and then you add the fact they have key role players like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, uh, Michael Hardman, um, other guys I'm currently forgetting, but key are Sammy Watkins. That was the other one. Like very a very talented and a very good offensive line. They just weren't healthy for the Super Bowl. Um, But I think this was the first time we saw the Chiefs not look as dominant as we did. And it was because the Bucs had a great game plan. And there is a blueprint to beat this Chiefs offense, um, even though how good they are. You have to get pressure with four and you have to limit Tyreek from getting the deep ball. Obviously, we saw um, uh, what he did the first time he played the Bucs when he got almost 200 yards in the first quarter. But they were able to completely shut Tyreek down. I don't remember him getting over like two or three catches.
2: He got a decent and, amount, but it was it was at least for the first maybe two and a half quarters, he was pretty much on lockdown.
1: You you said yeah. Tyreek, correct? Yes, yeah. I think he finished with seven. He had a lot in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay, all right. It was um, all, it all in the game was like over. Yeah. yeah, and then
0: Kelsey, Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey struggled. Let's face it. He had a couple. He had a couple crucial drops that kind of ruined their momentum early on and most likely you're not going to catch the Chiefs again this kind of off guard but this was truly a dominating performance by not only Tom Brady um just they kind of struggled on the first two or three drives but once they figured out what they were doing Tom Brady just lit up the uh the uh, Chiefs' defense, and that and then, was the,
2: that was the first time a Tom Brady team has scored a touchdown in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. Yeah, which that's is really
0: crazy about. That was crazy. I didn't. I did not think that was. I did not think he did that. But then, um, uh, the Bucks' defense. I mean, Devin White. I think he's the best linebacker in the league. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I think he's the best linebacker in the league. His speed. He can travel from. Sideline to sideline. I mean, it's, it seemed like he made every tackle in that game. Uh, the Bucks' defensive line was very good. It was nice to see Vita Baya, uh finally healthy and effective. And uh, in Jason... for a
2: couple of offensive plays as well. I think we had. Yeah, all I wanted
0: that. him to get the ball so bad. Fullback dive at the goal line. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have loved it. Or uh, I mean, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominick and Sue all played pretty well. And then, uh, obviously, probably my favorite part of the game was the uh, mocking Antoine Winfield did. That was that got my stamp of approval for badass of the year rookie Antoine Winfield going up to the cheetah Tyree Kill who burned him on numerous occasions in, earlier in the season. He was able to lock him down and uh, gave him the old cheetah peace sign right in his face.
2: And I I I love that. I hope no one has a problem with that. Um there were I saw people saying that like cross the line. I don't think it does at all, especially when you hold the Chiefs to without a touch. Like if you if if you score a lot of points and barely lose, like then maybe you have an argument. But when you can't even score, like I don't think you have a right to complain.
1: That was probably my favorite moment of the entire season. Tyree Kill had that coming to him. Um
2: he uh I mean, don't get
0: me wrong. I enjoy if, if you can if you can be cocky, but also show that you're elite on the field. I feel like you can just do whatever you want. But I if feel you like can stop agree that, with that, oh yeah. But if you can stop that, if you can stop an elite offense like that, you can you can you're allowed to do whatever you want. The Chiefs' offense is, I mean, the last couple of years is one of the best offenses in NFL history. And you'll not allow them to score a touchdown. You
1: could, you could do, a, you you could give them the middle fucking finger for all I care. I think your point about you said Devin White you think is one of the best linebackers in football. I think that just proves to show how great this defense is, is because you can make an argument that he's maybe not even the best linebacker on his own team because they have so many great linebackers. I mean, if you consider Shaq Barrett to be a linebacker, I mean, like Shaq Barrett, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I know they rush a lot. You can consider them defensive ends, but, you know, they're listed as linebackers. So, I mean, they have so many great linebackers on this roster. Levante David, very underrated. Um, I think it just speaks volumes on how great this defense is, how loaded they are. Um, Their personnel is insane. And, I mean, they might have, they might've put out a little bit of a blueprint on how you can slow down this chief's offense. I know they're going to make adjustments. I know they're not going to be under these same circumstances again, but you got to think going into the offseason, there's a lot for Andy Reed to work on and think about after just getting dominated for the first time. I,
2: yeah. I like your, I like your point, Colin, about Tampa's personnel. Cause that's my, that's, 100% the reason why I will be picking Tampa Bay to be the number one seed in the NFC next year. They may not win a Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, but I think the path to them being the number one seed is, is very realistic. I think, I I know not to steal words out of Colin Coward, but he said like they're potentially a year early, and with the way the NFC is shaping out with whatever happens to the Packers and whether they add another weapon or not, we don't know saints obviously drew Brees we think is going to retire the nfc east as of right now is still kind of a mess and seattle doesn't look like they're going to be as good next year as they were this year so like i could 100 see Tampa Bay grabbing that 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 buy their schedule isn't even that hard either they don't play like they don't play hard divisions like the nfc west or afc north so i think they actually they might play the afc east if i recall so like it's actually. Yeah, it
0: they be... do, they do. No, they do. They do. Okay. They do. So yeah,
2: you're getting games against the Jets. And I think we'd agree that they're probably better than the Dolphins. So well, I I, mean, I, w- I could totally see Tampa getting the one seed.
1: We've been knowing that the Saints, I mean, we've been knowing all season that this is kind of their last year of contention for now. Their Super Bowl window kind of closed this year. And you look forward for Tampa and you say, How can you retain this success? Um, I think just keeping a lot of those pieces in place, you have guys, you have unselfish stars like Mike Evans, who I heard is uh, who came out and already said he's willing to take a pay cut to keep a lot of these guys in place. And if you have guys like that stepping up, it's going to be hard to beat this Tampa Bay team next year. Um, Their second year. This is their first year together. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, so many pieces offensively. Um, it's all their first year together and it works so well down the stretch because of Tom Brady being the great leader that he is. So I would not be shocked to see them make a second run at it next year. Um, I could saying they could be the top seed in the NFC again is not a bad take at all. I, I can definitely see it, especially with the division that they're in with the rebuilding Falcons, the rebuilding Panthers, and now the rebuilding saints looks like. Yeah, the,
0: the only other the other other points I want to bring up is, well, one point I have is that I want to go back and real quick and talk about the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs, for them, um, the main blueprint to beat them is to rush for. And if you look across the AFC, not a lot of teams have elite pass rushers besides maybe the Ravens, maybe the Steelers, maybe the Dolphins. Um but you have you have guys out there like J.J. Watt that could be on the move. You have guys um, maybe in New Orleans, you, like Cam Jordan. They need to shed cap, and they might may not be competing for a little bit. He may be available. So you have guys across the league. I'd be interested to see if you see a couple AFC teams, a couple contenders, maybe like the Titans or the Bills, try and make a move to get an elite pass rusher And then my other question is for the Bucs, I think a big question is if they're going to go back on a uh, title run and compete for another Super Bowl, are the Buccaneers going to be able to bring back Chris Godwin? Because he's a key part of their offense. He is a free agent. And the Buccaneers do have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and my guy, Scotty Miller, already at wide receiver to go along with a good running back core. Gronk and Cameron Braid at tight end. Do they need a guy like Godwin? And if are they going to spend the money to re-sign him?
1: Well, my question is: Does Tampa Bay really need Chris Godwin? Because mm-hmm. he is a very good receiver. Um, but, but not they- what
0: I said. What did I say?
1: No, no, you're right. I I thought you were referring to like other teams looking at Chris Godwin. That's that's my bet. Um, if you were – But yeah, you're right. If you're Tampa Bay, do you need Chris Godwin because you have all these great pieces around you? And I mean, he might have a high asking price given that he's one of the top receivers on the market. Uh, Maybe behind Allen Robinson, you could uh, argue he's the best on the market.
2: So I think we could all agree. It's not like not that Chris Godwin is bad, but it's not like he was the reason where they got these postseason wins this year. There are numerous right. times where he actually struggled with some drop problems and stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily say that he is the I, – I, I think they could get by without him. Because the worst thing you want to do is when you have a good, really good roster is overpay for a certain free agent and get you into virtually no salary cap flexibility. That's one of the worst things you can do when you're a contending team – and you have guys' contracts start to come up. So New England's been good at it for years, realizing when not to re-sign guys. We've seen it numerous times, guys like Jamie Collins, all across the board, Wes Walker. So I think, honestly, as good as Chris Godwin is, this may be a situation where you kind of just have to let him walk because it's going to be best for you in the future. And then maybe you could look, if, if you still want some sort of wide receiver, look into signing someone, a lower-tier wide receiver that Brady can elevate, but on a much cheaper contract.
0: All right, so quick gut reaction. Is Godwin going to be a Buccaneer next year? Go. No. I would say no. I'm also going no. Some Ooh, team,
2: this... Some seem super desperate for a wide receiver. Is going to give him a very, very good offer. And I would think that Tampa Bay, being a pretty smart organization, they've built this roster really well, they would be smart enough to not go up to that super high price so that I could see a team, maybe like the Raiders, who I could see in a bidding war for Godwin or Juju, some team like that offering a lot of money.
1: I was just going to say, I'm not exactly advocating for this at the moment, but I could definitely see a team like the Raiders um, who are looking for a wide receiver one, go for a guy like Godwin. And I mean, yeah. you guys both mentioned it. They got Scotty Miller. They got, obviously Mike Evans, they got Antonio Brown. They even got Tyler Johnson. He's a nice receiver from mm-hmm. Minnesota. Um, he only started one game this year. I believe it was against Chicago and he was their leading receiver. So um, yeah, they have nice pieces, and you're right. They could maybe look for a guy in a lower contract. Question What is Julian Edelman's contract looking like? Is there any possibility we could see a Julian Edelman come to Tampa? Uh, I guarantee you he'd want to go. Uh, my only
0: concern with Edelman is that he is coming off of a major kind of, or uh, I think it was a knee surgery. Julian sure Edelman
2: what. is an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So he's got one he's got left. one more year left. It's just whether he could stay healthy. I know that makes so much sense. And I feel like Julian Edelman would be a guy who wouldn't ask for a ton of money to come play with Tom Brady. I, I just from what I've seen about him and like how he's been his whole career, I could maybe next offseason if he has a decent year and Tampa still wants to sign a receiver. But yeah, he's in. He's in unless he he requests out on a trade like uh, Gronkowski did. You but
1: know, he, uh, I was gonna say he is an older guy though, and I mean we've seen Brady make so many different receivers work even this year. So I don't necessarily think that they need a guy like Edelman. Hmm. But it would be a fun, it'd be a fun scenario.
2: We'll he'd
0: to- be he'd be a good mentor for guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller.
1: Yeah.
2: Last point I want to make on Tampa because I brought up their schedule earlier. So we were right about them. They do play the AFC East, but then they also play the NFC East. So they got those games there, very winnable ones, especially the Jets and then a couple teams in the NFC East. And then their NFC matchups, where it's the same division standings, they play in LA, which will be a great game, especially if Stafford and the Rams live up to the hype. And then they play at home against Chicago because Chicago finished second in the poor NFC North. So I think we all agree that they'll probably beat Chicago at home. I don't think anyone already gets Chicago's brother them. So that's why like this could be I don't know.
0: I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw but Chicago did beat the Super Bowl champs. I don't know if you saw. I it don't right think or that's
2: not. the same Super Bowl champs. It's as long as the game isn't played at night.
0: No, <laughs> but I, I I just I just want to bring that up. We're all from Chicago, so we we and that didn't that did not get old very quick.
2: Sadly, I don't think Nick Foles will be starting for the uh, starting for the Bears. When when that game takes place next year, so Tom's kryptonite. Tom's Tom yeah. gets off the hook with that one.
1: I will say, Bills Bucks better be like an automatic Sunday night football. It, it better be. It better. No, we'll get we'll get Bucks. Be,
2: imagine imagine opening the season with that being the Thursday night game to open the year.
1: Mm. Now oh, where that, would that game be played? Where is it scheduled to be played? Because we're I don't know where they played. Uh, they I don't oh, think
2: they've have they that, released the schedule. That game is going to be in Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, they, they flip it every time that they play
2: the schedule, the dates are not out, but the teams and where they play is out. So that game is in Tampa Bay against Buffalo. So, I mean, NFL likes that, that good juicy matchup on the first night of the season. Imagine, imagine that one.
0: Yeah. It's My weird. thing is I, I don't know if they do out of conference. It'd be interesting to see if they did in conference. So, I mean, My guess, if Drew Brees doesn't retire, we'll get Buccaneers Saints week one.
2: Yeah, that's – that's. I hope for Drew Brees' sake he retires. I know we've talked about this already. I don't want to watch Drew Brees play terrible and have that be the lasting memory.
0: Yeah. All right. I think this is going to do it for our Super Bowl recap. Let's go over to this week in sports. So, Ben, what happened this week in baseball?
2: Okay, the name that I have brought up all offseason long, I've brought it up every week, hadn't signed a a contract until finally at the end of last week he did. Trevor Bauer is no longer on the market. Some had him as the uh, best free agent of the offseason. He was at least up there, but he, at last minute, it seemed like he was going to the Mets. Bob Nightingale actually reported it the day before that he had to deal with the Mets. And in classic Bob Nightingale fashion, that wasn't true. He ended up going to the L.A. Dodgers. Talk about um, a roster that is they just won the World Series and um, now they add Trevor Bauer, Cy Young winner, who's not even you can make an argument, he's not even the best pitch in that rotation. So they now have a rotation with Walker Bueller, Kershaw, David Price, Julio Urias, and add in Trevor Bauer. That's three Cy Young winners. Walker Bueller could easily win one in his career, and Julio Urias isn't a bad, bad pitcher at all. And I know they also have like um, Alex Wood, who that could be using like six starter depth of relief role stuff like that and then we all know how good their offense is so la they saw all the moves that a, uh that the padres made this offseason. then they go out and do something like that um just you got a feel for padres fans also other mlb news mets are interested in uh justin turner third baseman has been with the dodgers for the last bunch of years dodgers are still interested in bringing him back but obviously L.A. is way over the uh, luxury tax, but when you're rich and in a big market, you can do that. So we'll see if Justin Turner ends up a Met. Mets do have J.D. Davis in that spot, so they could potentially be looking to move move him. Um, other report that came out today, Ryan Braun for the Brewers is not currently interested in playing, which is a little weird. So we'll see whether he is, a, um, I guess, on the opening day lineup for the Brewers when the season starts on April 1st. And then last thing I kind of wanted to bring up is just agreed to yesterday, MLB and MLB Players Association agreed to bringing back the seven, in- seven inning double headers um, where a runner. Um, well, first of all, seven inning double headers, that was new last year. It comes back for this year. And then what I was also going to talk about the extra inning rule where an extra innings or runner starts on second base, which I'm. Particularly, not a big fan of. I don't know whether you guys like that rule or not. It doesn't happen in the postseason if a game goes to extra innings, but in the regular season, in extra inning game, a runner will start on second base. What do you do? You guys like that rule, the the extra inning second base runner?
1: I dislike it.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not
1: a.
0: I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of it, but I know people who are, and it's just I think they're more of the common baseball fan who just want to see this three-and-a-half-hour game that's going to the 10th inning just get the hell over with.
2: And then last two things I wanted to add, Yadier Molina, 18th season in the MLB, um, is returning to the St. Louis Cardinals. They actually gave him a one-year deal close to $9 million. which kind of surprised me because I feel – no offense to Yadier Molina, I know there's a lot of Yadier Molina fans out there, but I feel like that money could have maybe have been better spent on Colton Long because that's what they would have paid him. But interesting move there. Kind of saw it coming eventually that he resigned. And then last thing – Real quick,
0: real quick, before you move on, I just want to say Yadier Molina. Yes, this is coming from a biased Cubs fan, but at the same time, in the later stages of his career, that man has just turned into a diva and a drama queen. And I just – like, why? He's – he he was – I know he's complaining about how he didn't win the gold glove like how he wasn't an all-star and all that bullshit. You're like 37, you have two rings, walk out the door and become like a sixth ballot Hall of Famer for God's sakes, all right?
2: Yep. I I think that's a fair point. I mean – Dude, not that he ever could run, but if uh, there's runners on base and he hits a ground ball to third, it's almost a guaranteed triple play. They can go around the horn before he gets halfway to first base.
0: They could they could throw the ball to the right fielder. The right fielder could then throw it to first, and he still wouldn't be halfway down the line.
2: Yeah. So um, it's just I, – I get the signing. I just think it's a decent amount of money for I, – I, I really like Colton Wong. I'm a Colton Wong guy, so I think – um I think that money would have been better used on filling that needed second base. And then last thing, I just wanted to say a couple message or just say a message sadly ESPN baseball reporter, Pedro Gomez died at 58 years old. He is not a reporter that I knew a ton about, but I remember watching him on TV, reading his stuff. Um, very, very sad, tragic news pass along my condolences. We all do. And just something you never, never want to see was a great reporter. He actually has a son who's uh, in baseball right now. So pray, pray for their family. I think
0: he's in the Red Sox. system, yep.
2: Yeah. He actually tweeted about like, like actually like a week ago, um, Pedro Gomez actually tweeted about his son um, who, yeah, is in the Red Sox organization. So rest in peace, Pedro Gomez gone way too soon, but that's about it for baseball spring training right around the corner um, let's just hope that's that the opening day stays on April 1st like it's supposed to be and um hopefully we have fans in a lot of the stadiums I know for some teams like Miami it's not like they get fans anyway but it's always better when there's fans in the stands
1: I'm fired up for baseball to start I've been thinking oh, yeah. about I've been thinking about maybe this isn't a realistic thing right now. But I've been just thinking about going to Sox games and walking in, immediately smelling the brats hitting your face, and uh, just getting those foot long hot dogs and the nacho bowls, and sitting back in like an eighty degree day. Out, in, I, we will out as, field.
2: as long as tickets in um, a guaranteed rate aren't astronomical. Well, I I would assume we will all at least for sure go to one, maybe a couple games, maybe a Wrigley one if tickets ever come down in price. I'm trying to go to one in St. Louis in, like, April, early May while I'm here in school because St. Louis, we know, is one of the best ballparks in MLB. So I cannot wait for baseball either.
1: I want to make a comment on the whole Trevor Bauer thing that you brought up. Yep. Um, I was actually surprised by the signing. I thought he was destined to go somewhere like the Angels or the Mets um, based on what I was hearing and reading on Twitter. But – um. Yeah, it's very interesting to me, and it was making me think, like, I don't know that I've seen in my time watching baseball a more star-studded roster than the one that's constructed in Los Angeles right now.
2: It, If you just look from, like, there's really no holes, and even if Justin Turner leaves, like, they have other infielders to move around that they can fill pieces. And it's not like they can pitch – so well missing one less having one less bat isn't really going to hurt them i mean david price is coming back opt out of last year because of covid not that it's prime david price but he was good in his like last year in boston and he can definitely be a mid to back of the rotation guy for them at the top of the rotation kershaw bueller bauer i mean is there a better one two three in the ml i mean maybe in a couple years when snell darvish and a clevenger are healthy that could be one, but uh, their rotation is insane, and Julio Urias is a really good young prospect as well. Can't forget about him. And then as long as Bellinger keeps on this trajectory, Corey Seager was awesome at the end of last year, and obviously I can't forget about Mookie Betts. So it's that roster is just insane.
1: You're right. you talk Kershaw, you talk Bueller, you talk now Bauer. You got uh, Urias. You got even like Dustin May. He had he had a great yep little rookie season last year and he might not even be in the rotation to start the year. You got David Price back who didn't even play last year. Um, And then you have Betts, One of the maybe top five player in baseball. Uh, Cody Bellinger um, is one of the most marketable players in baseball right now. And you're not even getting into like the world series MVP, Corey Seager and guys like that. So um, right now, like putting injuries aside, it definitely looks like they're the favorites to go back to back. Um and I mean the Padres can't be too happy about that because they have maybe, in my opinion, the second best team in baseball right now, and they might not even win their division. It is insane. But
0: uh
2: real real quick before we before we move on, last thing this the way this offseason is shaped out, this could potentially be MLB's dream. Of getting a LA New York World Series. You know how long they've wanted that series just from like a marketing standpoint in the two big cities. I know the Yankees haven't been able to get there, but the Yankees quietly had a really, really good offseason. And if they stay healthy and can get over their postseason woes in the playoffs, I mean the Rays took a step back, the athletics took a step back, the White Sox improved. The White Sox definitely improved. So I could see maybe an ALCS of White Sox Yankees, but Right now this could potentially shaping up to be like the two big markets in New York versus LA Dodgers and that would be MLB dream. Even Chicago versus LA Dodgers, those markets as well, that would be a dream for MLB too. So ML, the, just like I know MLB does a horrible job marketing their game, but just from like a revenue standpoint in the big cities, they love this.
0: Having a potential New York, Chicago ALCS and a LA San Diego NLCS or maybe like an LA Atlanta NLCS having those big cities in the big markets will be, will help the, uh, will help baseball, but don't I worry. We all can agree it, we'll that it is a, screw it, up. it is a dying sport. Shout out Rob Manfred. But all right. Um, thank you for this week in baseball. Like now we're going to go to Colin and discuss this week in
1: basketball. So this week in basketball, I think I'm going to start off with a little uh, college basketball. Um, Over the past few weeks, I've just been highlighting some of the key matchups. I want to look ahead a little bit into some bracketology, some current bracketology. It's from a few days ago, so it doesn't account for a few of the matchups that happened this week. But looking ahead, if the tournament were to start today, your top four seeds or four number one seeds right now are probably looking like Gonzaga and Baylor are your locks. They're both still undefeated. Um, You can argue who the best team in the country is out of those two. And the third and fourth number one seeds right now are Michigan and Ohio State, the two top teams in the Big Ten at the moment. Ohio State just got a big win over Iowa then beaten all the teams they're supposed to beat. And they have found themselves in the top four to the surprise of many. And Michigan, they've been up there for quite some time now. They've been going through some uh, COVID issues at the moment. They've paused uh, team activities. So a couple of their key matchups against Illinois and Wisconsin are in jeopardy. Um, So that stinks. Maybe they'll be rescheduled um, later in the month or next month. Um, Yeah, so you've got the two top teams in basketball and the two top teams in the Big Ten right now. Um, up there, you've also got Alabama, who just had a great game against Mizzou. Ben, uh, Ben, did you watch much of that matchup?
2: I got to see the terrible almost collapse by the University of Missouri. Thankfully, they hung on. Alabama gets their first SEC loss of the season. I think – I don't know if it was you talked about it last week, but I, someone brought up somewhere where it's like a lot of the reason we're seeing teams like Mizzou succeed this year is because with the COVID and the very little practicing – they're kind of have some older guys that have all already played together. So when you play these teams with like younger guys, some of the bigger schools that are bringing in a lot of recruits, they haven't gotten a chance to play together. So that's why they're struggling And teams why Mizzou are taking advantage. So I saw a couple of people say like, maybe teams like Mizzou won't be this good in a normal year. And they're probably right. But either way, huge win for Mizzou knocking off, um, knocking off Alabama, I believe. Mizzou moving into the top 10. This is the first time they've been in a top 10 in a very long time for basketball.
1: Yeah, they might be right now the best team in the SEC. So that's got to be exciting for uh, you guys out in Mizzou. Um, And they could potentially be a two seed right now if the tournament were to start today. So that's very exciting um, if they were able to maintain that success. Villanova is also looking like a two seed right now. Um, they also had the pause team activities for a while, but they've been playing games again. They've been looking good. Uh, Illinois is currently slotted as a two seed. They have looked very good over the past week or two after struggling. They went in a cold stretch, and they've been playing great basketball between Dosumo and Kofi Coburn. And a lot of their younger guys, who like Adam Miller, who are great shooters – Um, providing a big spark for that team. And there's also Houston right now, so that is a number two seed, Um, a team nobody really talks about. Uh, They have two losses on the season, I believe, and they've been playing really good basketball, despite not having the toughest. Houston did just beat
0: the uh, shit out of one team. What was that? It was was a funny school name. What was it called?
1: Our Lady of the Lake. Our Lady of the They're Lake. They were playing Our Lady of the Lake in February, and they beat them by about 80 points. Not an exaggeration. I think it was 112 to 49. So, okay, yeah. So over 50 points. Insane. 60, 70, almost 70. Crazy. Um, yeah, That's that's where we stand in college basketball right now. Um, This is really where we start getting into the gauntlet of the season. Every game matters a little bit more now. You'll see a lot of teams amp the intensity. Um, Every single game matters for seeding in terms of conference tournament seeding and the uh, March Madness seeding. Right now you got West Virginia and Texas Tech facing off. West Virginia has been a very inconsistent team. They're 14 in the country. Texas Tech is seven. And uh, Bob Huggins' boys, West Virginia's up on them right now, so game to keep an eye on. Uh, in the NBA, can we can we give a a round of applause for the Detroit Pistons? Yes. Jay, Jeremy Grant, my guy. The Jeremy Grant is an All Star. He's he's leading this Detroit team, and they're playing solid basketball right now. They've been losing a lot of games, but they stood in there with the Lakers for two overtimes. And they just took down the Brooklyn Nets tonight Uh, without Kevin Durant because he's having the whole COVID issues right now. They're not saying it's COVID. It's like health protocols. I don't know. I don't know what what all is going on. But the Nets really haven't played a lot of games where everyone's healthy or playing. Um, They lost another game earlier in the week to Boston, or I'm sorry, Philly. They lost a game to Philly by a decent amount, but I'm pretty sure James Harden, I'm I'm sorry, Kyrie and KD weren't playing. So it's it's hard to judge either team when it's like that. And I guess uh, last thing for NBA is we look at MVP at the moment where it stands. And I think I see three players that really stand out from the rest. And that is Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. You can argue any order you want, but I think those three right now are playing the best basketball in the league. And
0: um, I just want to say, uh, as a Nikola Jokic stand, uh, the joke the Joker. Um, I got him. I think I'm going to bring this up every time. But I said bet it when it was plus 2500, and it's looking really good now. Jokic yeah. is my man um best passing big man i think i've ever seen um he can shoot it i mean he just plays with such ease it's like watching an and one mixtape on a on a basketball court it's insane i love that man i need i need to find like a cheap
1: jersey of his. it's i love that man you know what as good as he was in the past couple seasons his weight loss has worked wonders for him oh yeah over that break between March and the bubble, he lost a lot of weight because coming in the last season, he was overweight. It was, it was obvious in his face and his body and his movement. I mean, he still has, you know, he still, he's still a big guy. He's a big guy, he's slow on his feet, but I mean, some of the moves he puts together, he puts together little Dirk Nowitzki fadeaways. Um, despite being slow on his feet, he's smart on his feet and he, Make some crazy moves, a uh, little up and unders. He has that rainbow shot that he's making big guys across the world look good right now. He is. He's making, I mean, he can hit three three pointers a game. Uh, you do not want to leave that man open. And he's really only had like one bad game all season. He just dropped 50 on Sacramento um, in a loss. So the rest of Denver's really got to get their shit together because. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of ruining his chances at MVP right now. Uh, also, if you took Joel Embiid, you mentioned Jokic. If you took Embiid for MVP before the season started, you you're in a position to make a decent amount of money right now because I know his odds weren't the greatest either. But yeah, but I uh, but I said Jokic, so oh, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. take with that and run to the bank. But they they've oh, Embiid's got Philly in the uh, one seed right now. And you argue uh, before this season that Simmons is their best defender. Joel Embiid right now is their best defender. He's playing great defense as well um, with what he's been doing offensively. So uh, Philly's making a lot of noise in the east. Milwaukee's still right there, though. They're playing really good basketball. And uh, Utah's still number one in the west. The Lakers trail by half a game, and the Clippers are in third. Paul George is out for a little bit now. They just announced he's going to miss a couple games on their road trip. Sounds like he's ducking the Chicago Bulls.
2: Exactly. Unbelievable. I would he's be scared. scared. I'd be scared of young Kawhi Patrick Williams, too. So
1: He doesn't – yeah, he doesn't want to be guarded by Patrick Williams. He doesn't want Cristiano Felicio. He's scared of getting exposed.
2: I'm tired as a Bulls fan of Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. getting hurt every other week. I know that's absolutely nothing they can control, but – uh. Yeah, I just had to rant real quick because it's just a constant cycle. Go
0: off, Ben. Just go off.
2: Lori, Lori Laurie <laughs> starts to play well. Laurie gets hurt and then comes back and looks really rusty and uh, just off. And then he'll start to play well and then he'll get hurt. It's just... Thank, thank goodness that Zach has developed into the star because Laurie was the other big centerpiece of the Jimmy Butler trade. And uh, it's... He could... He just needs to stay healthy. That's the problem because he has his moments. And then I just it's it's been a health promise whole career. Yeah, I've been
1: saying this about the Bulls. Um their last four losses are all by four points, I believe. And they lost a game. The Portland by a point when Dame hit that crazy game winner. And I mean they've they've came close in so many games. And I they're a completely different team than they were um the past few seasons, obviously. They're playing competitive basketball. Zach Levine uh, is definitely a star in this league. And I mean, other pieces like Kobe White, uh, Patrick Williams, they have their nights. So the Bulls, I think I've taken the next step between be, from like a bad lottery team to, um, you know, a team that, is not a not playoff ready yet, obviously, even in the a weaker East, but they've taken the next step to playing competitive basketball. I think the next step is learning how to close games and win games. But Billy Donovan has them in the right direction for sure. There's
0: still, there's still another piece away, I think. I think, I think they're going to have to go out and actually sign someone. I'm not sure who's free agents in the upcoming class, but they need, I think they need another score. I
2: yeah. would like to see. I like Wendell Carter Jr., but like I said, he can't stay healthy. So, I would like to find someone really at that position. Someone, I guess, consistent. I would try to move Otto Porter as well. I think Otto Porter has his Knights, but that dude really can't stay healthy either like the other other couple of Bulls players. And he's on a really, really bad contract. So, I know the Bulls have a couple of guards. The Lonzo Ball move would for sure be interesting. But, uh, I mean, I, I've read a couple of reports that if he's going to get traded – that would potentially be the place, but also New Orleans is starting to play better. So we'll see if they actually trade him.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, I was going to mention the Lonzo ball rumors. Uh, they have been playing solid basketball. Ingram and Zion had both been doing their thing, balling out, uh, both looking to be potential all-stars. I think they're both worthy of it. Uh, so, I mean, they have two, uh, st- kind of star players right there. So they definitely have a lot to work with. Um, and I was also going to mention, it's kind of fun to see, like the Bulls, these other teams uh, start taking the next step, playing competitive games so like the Charlotte Hornets, the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks. is uh, doing it all. He's hot right now. Um, he's definitely rookie of the year at this point, And he's definitely exceeding my expectations for his first season. Um,
2: For sure on the lamello thing. I, th- I didn't think he was going to have a problem becoming a good really good player in this league I just thought maybe it would take some reps and some time but his game is translated really well the shooting is probably only to go up or up from here and we already know how good of a passer we are that translated no problem at all so his his floor looks to be really high which is a really good sign
1: yeah I agree and Gordon Hayward has turned out to be a Um, despite being heavily criticized, a very good signing for them. He's averaging like 23 game efficiently. So we'll see if he can keep that up. Um, The Hawks are playing good basketball with Trey Young and uh, John Collins and those guys. Uh, DeAndre Hunter has been a nice second-year player. And uh, the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Ibs, you're there. They're playing good basketball. I can't lie. I mean, the Knicks have been the laughingstock of the league for quite some time. Uh, I think it's hilarious that the top two guys in minutes this year are Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, both for Thibodeau. We make all the jokes about him. Over Shocker. The- yeah, we make all the jokes, and yeah, it's still true. Uh, hey, they got Derrick Rose now, so they will probably Derrick. blow out another knee. They got Derrick Rose back. They got Taj Gibson back. It's It's crazy. And Boozer still – where's Boozer at? We got to find Boozer. We got to find – where's Wu-Al-Dang? I know he's still getting paid. I think he's still the on the Lakers. Lakers bench. You're getting paid by the Lakers, so is Wu-Al ed- ed- eligible to come back? I don't know. Kirk Heinrich.
2: Tom Thibodeau has sent someone out to the forest to search for Joakim Noah and find yeah. out whatever expedition he's on.
1: <laughs> the joke, Joakim is back to living out in the woods. I world. think he's trying to find the fountain of youth. <laughs> he was on the Clippers last
0: year. He was, but I, I don't really remember him playing.
2: Was he even in the bubble? I, I think like, so. I don't know. He
1: just disappeared.
2: No I think like I'd remember him more if the Clippers made it to, like, a meaningful series, but uh, we all know how that went for them.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Julius Randle's playing great basketball. RJ Barrett is um, – he got a lot of criticism after his rookie year last year, but he's playing good basketball. Manual Quickly looking real nice. And uh, they have Alfred Payton who has uh, seemed to have had his burner account discovered on Twitter. <laughs> I I don't know. I, it's hard to tell if a lot of these burner accounts are real anymore because there's just so many of them. And, you know, some of them are fake. But that Knicks fan 06 or whatever on Twitter is uh, – it, it appears to be Alfred Payton's burner. And a lot of people are getting in yes. trouble for it. That's very funny.
0: Um, all right. I think we're going to go over to this week in football now. Um, I think we're going to talk a little more basketball down the road. I think we're going to have a couple guests, and I think we're going to have some fun shows talking about basketball. But This week in football, a couple of points besides the obvious Super Bowl. Um, the Hall of Fame class, um, we had Tom Flores, John Lynch, Bill Nunn, Alan Fanica, Drew Pearson, but the, but the main – Headlines for this Hall of Fame class was the Sheriff, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, all three of those great players. Calvin Johnson, you maybe make the case, maybe not a first ballot guy because he only played like nine years. But those but his prime was better than I mean, any other players prime you can compare to. Um, so that was the main point uh, for the Hall of Fame class um we also had the death of uh marty schottenheimer one of my personal favorite coaches even though i didn't get to watch him play i uh i've seen a lot of videos on him one of the more underappreciated coach he's seventh all time in wins um he got to the 200 nfl win mark which is very impressive he was coached for the browns the chiefs um the formerly known as Washington Redskins and the San Diego Chargers. Um, it's a shame that he was the coach of those Charger team when they had the number one offensive league with Philip Rivers and Ladainian Tomlinson, the number one defense in the league, and did not make the playoffs.
2: Special
0: um, teams
1: matters, folks.
0: Special teams does matter. They lost um, the division
1: to Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. That was that was the Tim Tebow, but uh, Tim Tebow experience. Yes,
1: I will say that Chargers team uh, beat the Raiders week seventeen to keep them out of the playoffs. So they did Tim Tebow a favor to get him into the playoffs. Yes, and then one other point I wanted to bring up.
0: on um, this kind of blew up on Twitter and social media. I just want to bring up the uh, streaker. We saw during the Super Bowl. Um, he actually came out and stated essentially that he was at the Super Bowl and he bet he bet on a prop that there would be a streaker in the Super Bowl. Now the prop bet was plus seven hundred and fifty, which for those of you who don't know that means if you bet a hundred dollars he would win seven hundred and fifty dollars. Well, he bet fifty thousand dollars that there would be a streaker in the Super Bowl. So he went ahead and did it. He got obviously fined $1,000 for doing so. But in the end, he made $374,000 by streaking in the Super Bowl. Boys, did we just find a get-rich-quick scheme? Get-rich-quick like, scheme.
2: I love that. I think that's a great idea. I, I'm surprised that there's not some like – is that not like insider trading or something? I was saying the same thing. There's, there's no way like that's. I love that's it. Beautiful. It's just that's surprising that no one's thought of that sooner. I would feel like there'd be some reason why no one has done that.
0: Yeah, I. It just it that that amazes me. Um, why, don't you,
2: why don't you go ahead? Bills make the Super Bowl next year. You can go and then when are up. They're up by 30 points in the fourth quarter. You you pull off the get rich quick scheme and drop out of college. I think
0: that is amazing. Um, Ken, if you're listening, um, I think we already talked about this. I will be streaking and making money in
2: fly the out future. To fly so just, out to LA, beautiful weather. That's where the Super Bowl is at next year. Have a great weekend and then cap it off with making a ton of money.
1: No, I, I love I feel that like, idea. I feel like they're not, like, that's just not going to be a prop bet next year. If it is, exposed. I'll actually if it is, I'll actually be surprised. It'll be it'll be
0: very interesting to see what happens, but yeah. I just want to bring that up. I think that was a very funny. Um and yeah,
2: I think real real quick, did you guys see the uh, not that I think anything's gonna come of it, but the Russell Wilson headlines about being upset for getting hit too much? Does does Russell Wilson have a fair fair argument there? Mm.
0: I, I think ESPN said that he he's been sacked the most time through the quarterbacks versus like nine seasons. So on that set alone, he probably does, but I think the, what we see with quarterbacks nowadays, I mean, we saw with Pat Mahomes in the super bowl. Um, we saw it with, I mean, we see it almost every game with Josh Allen quarterbacks are now not taking the Aaron Rodgers approach where that whenever they get pressure, they throw it away. They start running, spinning around all this sort of chaos to try and make a play and sometimes it doesn't work out. Um And we know Wilson's is very good scrambler, but I think part of it's, yeah, probably a bad O-line, but also probably he doesn't throw the ball away enough.
2: That's that's a very fair point because, one, well, he doesn't run as much as he did his first couple of years in the league. Like I think there's times where in his first couple years, he was a lot quicker to run where this time he tries to, kind of scramble around and make a play, and that leads to sacks. Uh, I'm assuming the, the reason for the decrease in running was to maybe preserve his health, but at the same time, it's causing I, – I, I think – I'd be interested to look in, like, the snap to pass. I know there's a whole category because Ben Roethlisberger this year was, was super low, but uh, I'd be interested to see what that is for Russell Wilson because I feel like there's times where he does just hold onto the ball Hold on to the ball way too. I mean, Russell Wilson had a five hundred and thirteen rushing yards this year. So I guess it hasn't completely completely gone away.
0: Um, all right. I think this is gonna wrap up this week in sports. Um, real quick, I think we're gonna do a little quarterback carousel. Um, so the rules for this, I'm gonna list off a quarterback and you give me your gut reaction what team he will be playing for if he is even playing at week one um you don't really need to go in depth just when i say um a quarterback's name you give me a team all right let's get started what team will matt ryan be playing for next year
2: i think matt ryan will be playing for the atlanta falcons although i would not be surprised at all if they potentially draft his replacement i i think it may be smart to maybe move on and get value for him because there's so many teams that would give up, give up picks and stuff from Al Ryan. I just as of right now, I don't think he will get moved. Although it seems like a pretty obvious choice because you see so often when these new coaches come in, they want to get like their guy, their young QB, but I just don't think they'll they'll pull the trigger on trading him. So I'm going Falcons.
1: This this QB carousel is gonna be half kind of what I want to see and kind of half what I think is most realistic. It's going to be a little bit in between. I think, you know, my gut is that San Francisco kind of wants to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to say Matt Ryan is the quarterback of the 49ers next year. After they missed out on Stafford, I think they eventually go for Matt Ryan.
0: I am going to agree with Colin, actually. I think he will be a 49ers, mostly because you see the Rams uh, making a move to get a top-tier quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, Russell Wilson's in that division. Kyler Murray's obviously, as it looks like, he's going to be a star. If the Niners are going to want to compete and stay healthy, you've got to get a guy like Matt Ryan fits that system. Um, all right, next quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger.
2: Ben Roethlisberger will take a pay cut and stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know there's some people that want the Steelers to go young. I just think I can't really envision him going somewhere else, and I can't envision them letting him walk away. And I believe he's already said that he's – because he makes a decent amount of money. So it would not surprise me if he takes a pay cut because that roster does need some work. They have holes, but um, I'm going to go Steelers. Once again, that QB will not be on the move.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with Ben. Um, when we talk about Big Ben, I think the those reports that he will take a pay cut, I think those – I believe them. I can see that being a possibility. I mean, he wasn't great to end the season, and in that playoff game he was bad. Um, but I think he was solid enough throughout the regular season. I can see them wanting to bring him back. You know, they have a later draft pick. It might not be too easy for them to win a quarterback. So I can see them bringing back Big Ben on a pay cut.
0: Um, I am going to agree mostly be just, just because I think Ben Bet, Big Ben would retire before he goes plays for a different team. Um, I also think he just wants to have one more opportunity to play in front of fans before he calls it a career. If this season had fans, I think he would retire. I He's going to give it one more shot, but I think later in this carousel, we'll see a guy who I think will also be on the Steelers for quarterback. All right, Alex Smith, what team will he be on next year?
2: This is tough because this isn't one. I don't think we would put him in like the Matt Stafford or like Matt Ryan, like upper echelon. Honestly, I just think – I think Washington will miss out on some of maybe like the mid-tier QBs. And I don't, they don't really have a high enough draft pick to go and get one of the top like four or five in the draft. So I think he ends up just going back to Washington. He may, he may go back to Washington and potentially not start. If someone like a young guy or some other middle tier QB they sign beats him out, but I have him going back to Washington. Eventually in this list, we'll get to a guy where I think will move places. But right now I'm three for three quarterback stays with their team.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree. When you look at Washington and where they're at, making the playoffs are not going to have the greatest draft pick. They're probably going to miss out on those top four quarterbacks in the draft. So you look at, do they want like a Kyle Trask? I don't know. I don't know that he's the guy that you want to start for your team year one. Uh, Maybe not even a Mac Jones. So I can definitely see Alex Smith. Um, being back in Washington. Washington could also look at, you know, maybe like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but I think they're ultimately going to stick with the guy that they had last year and the guy that they had some success with. I think they're, Alex Smith will be part of the Washington football team.
0: Uh I think he's going to retire. Interesting. I think it's going to be tough for Washington to even compete. He's not guaranteed a starting job. I think it was a good chance they – Draft a guy, and if they don't, um, I, I, they might even just give the keys over to Taylor Heineke because he played pretty well. Um, the little we saw him, you give him an off season to learn the offense. Uh, Ron Rivera is a good coach. I think there's a potential chance we get to see at least Heineke start for a couple games, but I say retires. Hell of a career. I, I I'm,
1: I'd go as far as to say I'd be shocked if he came back. Um, all right. And I just want to say I don't think we mentioned this, but he did win comeback player of the year. Yeah, like 49 out of the 50 votes, so that was pretty awesome to see.
2: Should have and, should uh, have been unanimous. No offense to the one voter who should voted have for
1: been Mike, unanimous, but it big should have been ben, unanimous.
0: Big big ben, ben was a voter somehow. I think he somehow snuck in a vote. Um, all right, Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Ooh, this is tough because he could go so many different places. I, mm. you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a Philadelphia Eagle. Now just, just, just hear me out. This, this sounds weird. Philadelphia is going to move on from once. I just think that relationship is kind of broken. And what better guy to come in? He, he might not even play, but what better guy to come in and mentor Jalen Hurts than Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Not bad. Colin, Yeah. where do you I think Fitzmagic will be playing?
1: I actually like that Philly pick. I don't think he'll be in Miami next year. So a couple things that came to mind were, um, one, possibly Detroit. I mean, they just got Jared Goff, but maybe they don't put their full trust in Jared Goff, so I could see him there. Um, I could also see him in a place, like I mentioned before, Washington. Uh so you know, I'll just I'll go with Detroit. I mean, they just traded for Golf, and he, you know, he's never played with that. They have a new head coach. Maybe they want another guy to bring in, in case Golf is a failure.
0: I am gonna go with a uh, surprise team, uh, mostly because if he goes here, I think this would be the funnest team in the league. I'm gonna go Denver. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick wow. up in the uh high or the uh low altitude.
1: A high altitude of uh, Denver would be very, very interesting. I like that. Uh, a, another possible place, uh Indy. If they don't uh, mm-hmm. end up getting a top tier quarterback, I could see Indy being a possible place for him. All right, Jameis Winston.
2: Jameis Winston will be the future QB of the New Orleans Saints. Um I know they have virtually no; they have less than no cap room, but I think they find a way to get him involved in a deal. He is someone that has been in that offense. I don't I think Sean Payton likes much more when he can use Taysom as a utility guy and not as a starter. So I think they'll go with someone who they know has played there and can succeed there. He's, he's learned the offense. So I think he goes back to New Orleans.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go New Orleans as well for Jameis. Uh, it's I'm, a guy that, Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to say something. I was just going to say the same thing. I think he stays. Yeah, it's just a place that he's familiar with or that they're familiar with him uh, in that system. So I think they stick with him in their rebuilding year. All
0: right. Where does Mitchie, Mitch, Mitchell, Trubisky go? God,
2: this is, this is tough. Um, I think Chicago is going to overpay for an older veteran QB, potentially uh, Carson Wentz. So I don't think Mitch Trubisky will be back in, will be back in Chicago. I think Mitch Trubisky goes somewhere, maybe to be a backup. Mitch Trubisky will be the first athletic quarterback. Actually, I can't say because Cam Newton was there last year. But Mitch Trubisky is going to the Patriots. God. Oh,
1: where do you think he's going, Colin? I was thinking through, and I – oh, God. I think – I also think I agree with Ben that they're going to go for Wentz. Um, spoiler alert if we were going to talk about Carson Wentz. Uh, I think that's where he's going to end up. And if that's so – I think they let Mitch go, and I think he goes somewhere similar to a Jameis Winston situation. Watch him go to Pittsburgh and back up Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe Tom would think he has something there with the yeah, former.
2: Pittsburgh did sign Dwayne Haskins. Not that Dwayne Haskins is all that, but maybe they like Dwayne Haskins better in that role than Mitch Trubisky.
1: Yeah. Possibly. I, I'm i just trying to think of a team that could take a chance on him as a backup.
2: For a guy like Mitch, it's so hard just because it's not like a top starter and you could see him in so many roles just as like a backup. So like I we could all easily just be wrong on this one because it's not something that's just like a clear as day answer.
0: I think Chicago brings him back mostly because the rumors of the Bears getting Carson Wentz I don't want to say are false. I think they're true that they're going to try and get Carson Wentz. I just don't think they're going to get him. Um, I think Mitch is going to stay in Chicago, but I am this close. I am so very close to saying he would work well with the Indianapolis Colts. I would not be surprised if he went to the Colts. Um, Next one, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. I think he's on the list I'm reading off of. I think he's going to stay in Carolina.
2: I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to stay in Carolina because I don't think they, I don't think a team trading away their top quarterback would want Teddy in return. And I don't think Carolina would just trade him away for nothing. And I, I just, he's got a couple years left on his deal. So I I have him staying in Carolina.
1: I agree because I think they're going to take a quarterback in the draft that I'm not going to mention yet. um, That may need a developmental year or at least half a season. And I think they're going to stick with Teddy and Teddy is going to start the year being the Panthers quarterback.
0: Uh, I already said, I think he's going to Carolina cam, the former MVP Newton. Where does he go? If
2: anywhere. He's gone. I think, I think by the time that season starts, Cam Newton might not be on a roster. I don't think he'll retire, but I just don't know if he'll be on a roster.
0: I, I'm, I'm going to – this is going to be my bold pick. I think if they don't get the guy I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think this would be a kind of a great landing spot for him to be probably a backup or take like a one-year kind of chance role, uh, San Francisco.
2: Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they – They can run the ball. They have some threats.
2: Um, I think it'd be – I think it'd be interesting. Maybe maybe Denver is a backup too if Drew Locke just can't put it together maybe you hope that cam could give him a spark. I mean cam would have better receivers there in Denver than he did last year in New England so maybe they'd let him throw more. yeah it would have
1: to be a team that has like a, some sort of like an established wide receiver core because no team like the Patriots would take it would sign him. You would have to have weapons around him All right. Jimmy G. Ben, can I go first on this one? Yes, yes, you can. I think since I mentioned earlier that the Niners are probably – I think they're going to be tempted to move on from him and trade for a guy like Matt Ryan. I think Jimmy G then uh, ends up back where he started in New England. I think they're not going to bring back Cam Newton. I think that's kind of – what everyone thinks at this point. I don't see any reason for them to bring back Cam. So I think they go back to a guy that Bill Belichick is familiar with and has worked with before. I think they bring back Garoppolo. It just – it makes too much sense. I agree with you, Colin. It just makes
0: way too much sense.
2: Yeah, that's that's not a bad pick at all. If San Francisco was one of the top quarterbacks, I don't think, like, they would really want Garoppolo in return – or even if they do, maybe then flip him on to like the Patriots or something. But I could see if San Francisco moves on wherever Garoppolo's at New England then making a mid-tier-ish offer for him. But if like Matt Ryan were to go to San Fran, I don't I think Matt I think Atlanta would try to do it without having to take Garoppolo in return. And then San Francisco then flips Garoppolo, potentially.
0: Um all right. Next up is Carson Wentz.
2: I think Carson Wentz is going to be a Chicago Bear. I think Ryan Pace will do a great job competing against himself. Not that I don't think other teams will be out there. I just think Ryan Pace will have the highest offer and then up his own higher offer because he think that other team is about to swoop in and take him. Um, Over,
0: under, but, one and a half first-round picks Ryan Pace offers. <laughs> I'm going
2: to say – I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say he gives up one, but then he overpays in other categories. Like he offers another second or third-round pick – or like a starting player that shouldn't be traded away.
1: I think Carson Wentz will be a Chicago bear. Um, there's, they're saying now that the Eagles aren't getting quite what they were hoping for, meaning that the initial reports may not have been true that the uh, bears and Colts were offering uh first round picks for him. So I think the Eagles don't really have much leverage right now. And, I mean, is a, I think a first-round pick will be necessary to get him since there's multiple teams involved. I think Chicago will end up being the team that gets him. And because, you know, I think Ryan Pace is going to get a little bit desperate. He's going to want to move on from Mr. Trubisky. They're going to get Carson Wentz. And, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work out if they do. It's very interesting. Carson Wentz will be an in Indianapolis Colt next year.
0: That also makes too much sense.
1: It it makes too much sense, Um, but I can also see them uh, not wanting to give up too much. Fair. Um, I I could see them getting a bidding war and Ryan Pace being a little more desperate. Fair. Um, I'm going to start off with
0: this one because I feel very confident this is going to happen. Sam Darnold will be the backup next year and then become the starter in Pittsburgh.
2: Okay. That's I, that's, I, that's I not think Sam Darnold
0: will be a Steeler.
2: Okay. I could see potentially if San Fran misses out on a top QB, they go and get Donald, maybe hoping that he blossoms with a good scheme under a good offensive coach with good receivers and running back. That, I mean, San Francisco, I think will really, really go for a top quarterback, but I could maybe see San Francisco making an offer.
1: Now, I have a question. Sam Darnold, he is not a free agent, correct? It would have to be via trade or no, like... Correct. He
2: has, he has one season left on his uh, rookie deal.
1: Okay. um, So, I think he will either... He's not going to be on the New York Jets next year. I believe... He is either in – when you look at all the places that, like, kind of need quarterbacks and might take a chance on him, I like your pick with the Steelers. Um, I was thinking somewhere either, like, Carolina, um, if they decide not to draft a rookie quarterback, or maybe even a uh, – Indianapolis –
2: Indianapolis would be right there, too, is, was one of my top picks. He
1: is, yeah, because he is an established – I mean, he was so good in college, and we know he has a good arm. It's just he's always had Adam Gase and this bad system. He hasn't had many weapons over his career. Um, if he you needs- put him in Indianapolis with the good offensive line and some good weapons around him, I I think he's talented enough to succeed in that system.
2: He just needs to get it out of his head where he'll make one to two really bonehead throws a game. Like, there'll just be a couple a game. There'll be a couple plays like, wow, that dude has tremendous arm talent. But then he'll also just kind of be like, I don't – you feel like he'll make a mistake that you wanted him to get passed by year three in the league.
1: Because he does flash good moments. Oh, yeah. This may be a bad example because it's – the Raiders' defense is atrocious. But there was a few moments in that game where I'm like, okay, that's a nice throw or, like, that was a good decision to run the ball there. Um, so I think he has the potential if he has the right pieces around him. All right. Uh, Dak Prescott, what's his future like?
2: Dak Prescott will be a Dallas Cowboy, I think. I don't I don't think they would let a QB of Dak's caliber walk out the door. As much as they don't – I don't – think they really want to give him top dollar. I think he'll be back in Dallas.
1: Yeah. As, as, much, as much as Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him that like an absurd amount of money. I think he will end up with Dallas cause they definitely need him. That was evident this year when they didn't win the awful NFC East with Andy Dalton. So they definitely need Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he will be a cowboy. And then finally the big token, the big question where is Deshaun Watson going to play week one? Give me your pick, Ben.
2: Painfully, he will be a Houston Texan. Painfully,
0: Colin, where will Deshaun
1: Watson be playing next year? Deshaun Watson will be, unfortunately, a New York Jet because Houston will end up taking the best offer, I believe, and the best offer there's, they're going to get is the one that involves the number two pick because they're going to want that number two pick that is the most value they're going to get out of any trade, and they're going to take the best offer, and he will be a New York check. Uh I can already
0: tell you I can see this right now. Week one, Deshaun Watson trade failed. Deshaun Watson still on the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson is holding out. I think Deshaun Watson will be on the Texans, but I don't necessarily think he will be playing for the Texans.
1: So as much trouble as they've gone through with Bill O'Brien and then firing him, you think that with Deshaun Watson asking, like demanding to be out, they would still say, you know what? We get, we're getting these offers. We're just not going to take them, and we're going to keep trying to keep you on the roster? They're getting offers, but the thing with the Stafford, like Stafford got two first
0: rounds and a third round. And also Jared Goff, which means if Deshaun Watson is better than Matt Stafford, which I think the majority of us will agree on, he is worth more than two first round picks, a third and a quarterback by that logic, which means that's possibly three firsts, and maybe another pick,
2: or maybe another player. I bet you there would be teams willing to offer that.
1: Now, I'll, I'll, okay, but the New York Jets, I don't know that they'll do this, but if they say you can have three first-round picks, one of them being the number two pick, which means you can get a quarterback, either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, you don't think Houston would take that. But I don't know that New I York think offer- I think Houston would take it, but I
0: disagree saying the Jets would do that. Yeah. the Jets, if they're going to have to give up three first-round picks, then Deshaun Watson is going to be in the same hole he once was. Because the Jets are still not a good team. Adding Deshaun Watson is not going to make them a good team. He is going to be in the same position, just a different jersey. They don't have any receivers. They don't really have a run game. Their offensive line sucks. Defense sucks. Or on a new head coach, which he does like. But it's not going to change the fact that it'll essentially be the same position he's in. The only team I can really see them giving an offer they cannot refuse that would make sense is the Dolphins. The Dolphins have two first-round picks this year, they have Tua, and they can easily give them another first-round pick or maybe another later pick. Um, that makes the most sense, but I don't think the Dolphins are going to move away from two of that quick, especially having what the they're the third pick.
2: Yep. Chance to get a stud wide receiver or a stud defensive player?
1: I've been arguing that the thing that makes most or the best fit for Deshaun or the place that he would succeed most in, I've argued is San Francisco. But if you're if you're the Texans and you're trading with San Francisco, does that make sense for you? Because this year the pick that you're getting would not get you that one of those top tier quarterbacks. And obviously the picks after that would be late first round. So I don't think a trade with the Niners makes a whole lot of sense if you're the Texans. And, I mean, I like the point that you made um, about the Jets not having other pieces around them, so it not working and it not being a good situation. I agree. I don't know that the Jets should do that, give up three first-round picks for him because, I mean, they would – The only way it would work is if they nailed the second and third round in each of these drafts. And the fourth. That doesn't seem like a very Jets thing
0: to do. No, I just, I don't see them giving the keys to an organization to a brand new head coach and being, all right, we got you our stud quarterback, but you have no pieces on offense or defense and no draft picks. Yeah. That just, that doesn't make any sense. The only place that makes sense for him to go is Miami. And I think Miami, if anything, is going to try and draft an Alabama wide receiver to help to his confidence. Maybe they trade that pick um, to try and get another Bama receiver like a Calvin Ridley. Um, There are many options. Um, I just think he will be in the Houston Texans organization, but I do think he will end up holding out.
1: And, I mean, I like that a lot because even if it's before the draft that the trade occurs, I mean, there's reports that they might not be totally sold on Tua. And I thought Tua did a good good job. I mean, they were winning games with him. Um, He may not have been explosive, but I still think he's going to be a successful quarterback in this league. And I think if they decide to stick with Tua, um, he'll he'll thrive there. Um, He has a good team around him, a good coach. But you're right, if they really want to go all out for Deshaun Watson, they can because they have that number, what, three pick? That yeah. used to be Houston's pick? I mean, that's that's wild to me. But they have that number three pick, and that is a great asset to have because they can still acquire uh, either, you know, a Fields or a Wilson if they want that to be their quarterback of the future. Um, or even uh, that tackle from Oregon, which is – probably the safest bet in the draft. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Dolphins can definitely go all out for that if they choose to do so. So I I like
2: that a lot, actually. All right. Any other comments? I would just say, I, I don't, with Watson, I feel like if as much as he wouldn't want to be there, I feel like he would still play if they don't trade him. There's been some reports from his his uh, agent that he wants it out now that could just be to drive his price up, but I feel like he would play. But either way, I've said this many, many times, this will be the best offseason in terms of like star player movement. Potentially we've we've seen agreed. Yeah, that that's agreed.
1: why it's that's why it's gonna be so great and that's why it's so fun to think about is cause there's so many of them where we we're like, eh, or we didn't know. Or like when Donovan mentioned the Dolphins, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's another team I didn't even think about um, really. There's so many like great options for a lot of yeah. these quarterbacks. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: And a lot of teams yeah. too with kind of young guys where it's like, are they fully committed to him or do they do they want to sign a veteran to maybe put some pressure on him? We have brought up Denver. There's a bunch of with, um, with Bridgewater as well in Carolina. Like there's, there's so many options where it's it's not like normal where we are certain that like three-fourths of the league has their quarterback. There's so many unknowns.
1: Yeah, and and you bring up the draft too, which we haven't even talked about the quarterbacks in the draft that much, but there's like five, maybe even six guys that could go in the first round. And you could see teams taking chances on guys like that. And we haven't even talked about them that much. So that that's a lot to uh bring in and it should be a lot of fun to see that transpire.
2: It's going to be a lot of fun to see who falls in the draft as well, because someone falls every year, as Donovan Place once said. So Donovan We, we need to make
0: a T-shirt of that. That needs to be one of our first T-shirts, the someone falls in
1: the draft every year. Donovan always says "There's expert. there's always a guy that falls.
2: Always guys.
1: and and you know what before we before we do our whole episode on the draft you're going to tell us who that one guy is you're going to make a oh oh for sure oh we're gonna make we're gonna make a whole segment of that we're all we're all gonna pick that one guy who's gonna fall
0: yes one guy who's going to fall all right all right (laughs) all right i get it
1: uh this is going to do it for this
0: episode uh hell of an episode boys one of our one of our longer episodes but i think it was a very successful one thank you all for listening And remember to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating and we will catch you guys in the next episode.